Ed Carpenter, IndyCar winner and team owner, if you could describe this dinner with racers in one word, what would it be? Whiskers. Yep. <laughs> Please listen to this one. <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. All right, welcome to Dinner with Racers. Driving while eating food with car people. Nailed it. Got it. That's uh, so. So we are wrapping up a whirlwind tour that took uh, 40 days across 29 states and 12,000 miles to bring you. A free podcast, which you're probably not going to bitch about. Yeah, which we, which as we for learned, some reason you guys kind of like us. Some bitch about season two, though. You know, it's not as good season as season one, one. They really went for it. Season two, you know, like I really can't believe you didn't get my favorite thing on the show. So, uh, speaking of favorite things, one of the most popular drivers in the IndyCar series is none other than Ed Carpenter native son of Indiana, even though he's from Illinois. Yeah, but just across the border. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know, Ed Carpenter uh, has uh, kind of had a storied history, especially with uh, in sort of the, the, the new era of IndyCar racing. Uh, kind of came up through the uh, short track oval ranks, uh, drove Indy Lights, and then right. uh, has since gone on to take three IndyCar wins. Two poles at the Indianapolis 500, and then uh, for those who are IndyCar fans, you would also know that he is the stepson of Tony George, who was the founder of the Indy Racing League when it formed uh, and is sort of uh, kind of brought into the Holman George family, which effectively operates Indianapolis Motor Speedway right. and IndyCar Racing. So we went to the Delara factory where they have their own coffee shop in the lobby, essentially called Master Lino. Mr. Lino. Mr. Lino. That was like two years ago, feels like. I had coffee and a bagel. Sean, what did you have? Oh, I had the uh, chicken sandwich. Weird. And uh, I didn't know they had breakfast chicken sandwiches there. We talked about quite a few things during this uh, lovely. Now, first of all, just to put some context in this, uh, we set this up with Ed through his uh, PR girl, Bree uh, Rents, who's yeah. a, a good friend of us. Whoop, whoop. Went out of her way to sort of help make sure this happened. Uh, Ed's not known for wanting to do these kind of things, and he showed up with no goddamn clue about <laughs> what he was about to walk into. Uh, he went with it, and for that, we give him a ton of credit. Absolutely. Uh, and we, we got into some cool stuff. We talk about uh, going down the short shoot at Indy on your head. We introduce him to our new favorite thing, Racer Roulette. Stick with us in this episode because we're going to close it with the most amazing super fan story that we've probably ever heard. Let's start the show. Press press play now, Sean. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Hey, I'm Ryan. How's it going? Nice hey, to meet you. Sean. Nice to meet you, man. Take a seat. Are you uh, somebody that can't get started without your coffee? Would you rather... Uh, I can do whatever. You can do. <laughs> right, I'll put on a headset for a second. We'll, we'll get going in a minute. Boom. All right, while we were waiting, we'll, we'll jump right into this. While we were waiting, we were playing a game we like to play called Racer Roulette, where we just look people up on uh, Racer and look up uh, magazines. We only read the headline, 
and then we guess is the first forum comment going to be positive or negative? Well, pretty good odds it's going to be negative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, kind of what that's, we're that's, doing. Yeah, right now yeah. we're one and one, but we'll, we'll, we'll join you in. So we've been looking up Ed Carpenter articles. Um, For sure, probably negative. <laughs> 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 so they're not necessarily about you, but it'll be about your team or whatever. So yeah. this this so far it's two to one. I'm 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 winning. Yeah. Uh, for this article is uh, September eighth. IndyCar Piggott shines for Carpenter. So I'm going to say it's a positive ar- positive comment. Mm, no. I'll go positive. I'm going negative. Okay. It's going to be it's going to be some anti Ed Carpenter. Sure. Thing. All right. Let's see. What's the first, first comment? comment? I think Spencer could flourish if he continues to get seat time. That's right. positive. No, that's positive. That's positive. All right. All right. Three to one. Man, we're having a good day. Yeah, you're doing yeah. well. All right, we'll do one more. Okay. You so down? Are you yeah. good for this? Yeah. All right, you good to go? All right. All what right. the fuck <laughs> did I walk into? <laughs> These idiots. <laughs> All right. How did Bree sell you on this, by the way? Uh, she didn't sell me too hard. All right. We played this with Mike Hall last night. He had a hard time understanding. <laughs> he was what like, we're with doing. who? With Mike Hall. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Why? we would read like the title and be like, oh, I think the article is about Sebastian Vettel. I'm like, no, 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 that's not. We <laughs> want to know about the forum comments, <laughs> not about what the actual article is about. All right, none of these uh, are about you, man. You're, uh, you're doing okay. You're skirting. Right. You're skirting the uh, the fury of the internet. We'll pick the top article. A, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. On, on this series, uh, yeah, it might be. Um, okay, we'll just go with IndyCar series return for Walker. So Derek Walker's coming back. Okay. So this is going to be That's going to be positive. Positive? Yeah. No, I'm going definitely negative. On that, that. I'm going to yeah. go neutral. Okay. Go neutral here. Well, I mean, the dude's already been replaced, so I don't see what I act exactly he could do. His days as a team owner have come and gone. Okay. That's negative. I think that's negative. That's yeah. negative. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. negative. All Coffee. right. So should we explain why we care so much? Yeah, because now coffee's on you. No. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, all right. Kidding. Um, we, last year on this podcast, we didn't know anybody was going to listen to it. To be honest, and so the, the whole like like it's the always ev- a risk. Every every that was the first <laughs> time we did it. So every yeah. episode would be like, eh, don't worry, say whatever you want. No one's gonna hear this. And then we got a really good download rate. <clears throat> one of the things we constantly harp on is like people being assholes on the internet because it's no one else is doing it. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, no one will hear this anyway. Let's just go for it. So now what we've noticed is a lot of these articles are vaguely like a very small percent better than they used to be in the comments. Like. We went to one the other day. It's like, yeah, I think that's a good decision. You know, on on one hand, this guy's doing this, and on the other hand, and they yeah. were like, at, like what you'd hope for, it's being somewhat objective. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Instead like of just like, I hate everything. And so like logical reasoning. Yeah, you yeah. know, breakdown. So we're taking full credit Wait, for cleaning up this. Good, good job. Yeah, yeah, that's the least we could do. So yeah, I try to I try to stay away from comments. You yeah. Know, in my younger days, I would I would go on some of the forums and can't even remember the last time I went to one of those websites just because it's. This. Every now and then there's a more so of good information there, but for the most part it's just a bunch of people that think they know what's going on right, and right. don't and right. it doesn't need to doesn't need to affect any of my thought processes. So Yeah, the the common thing that I notice is it seems like it's the popular direction to go to be negative and snarky. I don't to be honest, I don't even review comments like if I'm buying something on Amazon <laughs> or looking for a place to eat because right. generally I feel like and hopefully I don't lose some fans by saying this, but for the most part, the type of people that are going to take the time to comment or fill out a survey are probably just going to bitch anyway. Right, right. Because right. so yeah. if you have a good experience, you just say to yourself, like, oh, it's good. That's yeah, cool. I'll go back there. Yeah. Like generally, yeah. like, if people are going to take the time to comment, it's, it's because you're gonna, mad. They're going to, yeah, they're yeah. Gonna, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair, so fair like, assessment. I feel like a product can be good and still have negative <laughs> feedback <laughs> right. just Absolutely. because 
there's always there's always that guy. Well, and similarly, if they're if somebody's inherently that negative and taking the time to, to put something negative on Amazon, they're probably not yeah. like you. Yeah. In the sense that you know, very different personality. But uh, yeah. yeah. So you you mentioned in your younger days, um, uh, we're somewhat similar aged. Uh, oh wow. Are you? Aren't we? He looks a lot better than you do. Well, yeah. <laughs> How old do you think I am? Um, well, this is dangerous. <laughs> That's okay. No, we've, we've, we've gotten plenty of people get it wrong. Um, <laughs> and I haven't shaved. That's going to yeah, be the difference. Yeah, that's, that's usually the difference. 39. Oh, okay. 37. 37. 37. Yeah. Okay. So now, were you being, like, gracious with the 39? I, I, thought you were, like, I was being optimistic. <laughs> 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 Sorry, buddy. I, may have, well. I, may have, right. I probably would have went You're 41 to or 42. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's if you we, we were with the a guy last did. year who was, like, who got me, who got it on the nose. I'll be his, honest. <laughs> But shaving can go a long way. It can, yeah, Haircut. Yeah, probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe caring maybe, about your maybe appearance. Maybe diet. Yeah. Some, some nicer clothes. <laughs> you know, complete lifestyle change could help. But like when you, you know, when you first got, uh, you know, into an area where you were starting to get more exposure, indie lights and, and, and some of the, the short track success. If you'd had Twitter at that time, like you said, in, in your younger days, you know, you used to care more and more about forums. Do you think you would have gotten in a lot more trouble? Probably. You know, I think when you're younger, you're not mature enough to be able to filter some of that stuff out and right. not take it to heart. So, yeah. you know, it probably for sure would have bothered me more than than what it than what it would now, sure. you know, especially at that point in your career. But, um, you know, at the same time, you know, I was I was looking at forums and yeah. right. listening to what people had to say back then. So it may have not been all that different. Sure. Um, sure. You know, I didn't respond to anything back then, so it's hard to say if I would. So you never once like, no, f this guy, and then you responded, and no. then you got like a call. No, not really. Okay. I mean, Ed Carpenter fan, twenty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, my, I'm not think. Yeah. My brother may or may have not had a track forum username back in the day that he would, <laughs> that he would log on. Well, like okay, statute, statute of limitations. What do you yeah. do? What's that? Statute of limitations. Now, what did he do? <laughs> what did he do? What did he say? Did he ever? Was it? Was there one memory you have of him? Like, no, really I can't remember. Somebody? I can't remember a single. It wasn't even necessarily about me. It was just sure. in general. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm trying to think of what his name was, but I can't remember that. Not Ed Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not Ed Carpenter's no. brother. That's it. Ask Brian Simpson. He'll know. You guys know Brian? I do not. Mm. Oh, you got. You guys should know Brian. Oh. He's okay. A, Sorry. We failed. <laughs> meet, you need Just to meet Brian. Talk okay. to Brian. This interview's over. <laughs> He's like, oh, I thought away. you guys were connected. Uh, yeah. Do you come here to this cafe? Um, maybe. I mean, for sure, one once every couple weeks. Okay. You know, right. once a week, I'll for sure drop in for a coffee. But right. we also have coffee pots at the shop. So You're right. You don't need <laughs> yeah, to come Yeah, there is yeah. that. And you guys are just down the street from here. Yeah, right? we're right. That's that's us right there. Oh, the shit. The next it's literally building. walking distance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no wonder you chose this place. Yeah. yeah. When it's we like first moved into that shop, I ate lunch here like probably three times a week. Okay. Right. So right. what's the what's the thing we got to do here? For food? Yeah. Um. I mean, everything's really good here. To be honest, right. their pizzas are good. Right. They've got some good salads, good yeah. sandwiches. Right. So. So that so like the crew and everything are right there. Yeah. And do they come over here? Uh. Yeah. Just I mean, to get even out of the shop even they've got, I mean they've got really good beer too. Like they'll have. Oh, so lunch beers. No. Yeah. Post post work. Post work. Like every now and then. They don't, you're not, they're allowed to drink beer. Beverage. I thought it was only vodka they could have. No, guys can drink. That's a fair okay. point. He didn't go right to the plug, which is sitting there on yeah, the Yeah, well, they're they're a great supporter of vodka, but it, this is a cool place. They've got it all. Yeah. Okay. Right okay. on. Yeah, yeah. There's a good after work crowd here. I'm sure. Yeah. And just to set the stage, this they is. They just a remodeled a it before May, too. It's so. nice, yeah. Uh, so this is, we're literally inside the, the sort of the building of Delara, but there's like a, 
a wall that separates this coffee shop from the actual factory, correct? Yeah, and and, and Lino's, it, it's a, it's a coffee shop in Parma, Italy, the area oh, okay. where Delara okay. is based in Italy, ah. and it's actually owned by the the family that owns the ones ah. over there. Okay. So now it's there, there's kind of Lino's. It's I wouldn't say it's Starbucks <coughs> over there, but right, there's right. there's a lot of them yeah, in that right. area, and it's they're very good over there too. So interesting. Okay. It's a it's a true Italian establishment. They've got good cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so we were secretly hoping you were going to walk in with like two complimentary fuzzies bottles. Which is great because Sean doesn't drink. I don't even drink. So I was like, well, but this is the time to start. I, d- I uh, try to do my best to not hand it out. I just try to tell people where I buy it. Right. Okay. Oh, they don't, you buy it? They don't give it to you? I buy it. Okay. All right. All right. We need to talk to you your, got, your you people help, here. You got to help the cause. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> they, enough. They do, enough like they do enough to support me. I don't need to ask for free, free vodka, too. Fair enough. Yeah. Well plugged. So you started out as like kind of a farm kid, right? Like your grandfather had you on the tractor. Yeah, I, I watched yeah, an interview so with I you. I grew up in in a small town, Marshall, Illinois. Yeah, and my grandpa he he was a recy- plastics and recycling business. Okay, um, but he he also had a farm. Um, the farm was more of a hobby than gotcha. than a career. So he had cattle and and harvested his own hay and everything else. So yeah, he used to used to tool around out there and help help drive the tractor when they're when they're uh, bailing the hay and everything. Right. So. I was kind of grew up out there on the tractors, had four wheeler out there, right. and had pretty free rain out in the country. Yeah, I, I had sort of a similar thing with my my parents having a horse farm, so we had a like a barn car. Yeah. You know, you could just go thrash around. Yeah, the there's not rules out there. Yeah, it's just do whatever you want. Yeah. That's actually how I taught myself how to drive a stick. And then we had a we didn't have a. I read you had a four wheeler, and that's kind of like one of the first things you were playing on. We had yeah. a three wheeler, so I crashed a lot. Actually, I did have a I had a three wheeler first, yeah. and then my grandpa bought me a four wheeler. Right. Yeah. Because they stopped selling three wheelers for a reason. They were much. still selling them then, yeah. but yeah, it was. Coming I think four wheelers <laughs> had just kind of come out, and it's like, hey, this right. would be a much right. better that idea for sense, my three-year-old grandson. <laughs> <laughs> now, at, at that point in your life, was racing even in the picture? I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know about racing at that point. Right. You know, I, I, I played baseball and was just that was it. You know. Right. Um, and then when when we moved over here, when when my mom and Tony started dating. You know, that's when I got introduced to it. Right. And um, Tony asked myself and my brother Tony if we wanted to try racing quarter midgets, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds awesome." Right. You know, right. I, I was I love driving stuff and had right. been been riding four wheelers and you know everything anything else I could sit on. So right. you know, I think I didn't know anything about it, but fell in love with it right away. Yeah. And right. you know, I think and and even though I hadn't watched it or didn't know anything about it, just being comfortable driving and riding things and having some control of a vehicle from a young age made it an easier transition. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was eight years old. My brother right. was five. Well, and so growing up, not really being in a, in a racing family, did when when Tony started introducing you to the sport, did you have any kind of understanding of his role in the sport? Um, I mean, at that age, you don't. Right. Like, you know, it, it, it's... Yeah, yeah. You're just you like, know, all right, here yeah, we are. He was, yeah, my, yeah. He was my, new, my new dad at that point. Right. And right. we were getting to know each other and, you know... Obviously, we uh, we are at the speedway and hanging right. out at the office building. But when you're that age, you don't yeah, you're you don't like, really sh- you don't have the scope of of, yeah. it, of any of it. Right. Totally. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, you get older and start to understand it. You learn more <coughs> about racing and you're involved, and yeah. you know, you, you figure it out. Right. You know, when it just wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, totally. I completely understand. When you're first starting to race quarter midgets, 
do you have any idea like who the heroes of the sport are or, like inspirations for yourself like because you're starting to yeah not be around these people but not really when i first started yeah you, you know by by the time you know my second year in racing i remember meeting aj um it was the year he got hurt at elkhart and we visited him in the hospital um al jr was the best man at my parents wedding <laughs> wow. you know, so i met i met guys early on yeah, yeah. you know but aj and al they, they were the guys that that i looked up to right. the most when i was a kid um just because we were around them You're right and tony tony drove indy lights for aj and and vented vented for pit stops my mom did timing and scoring back then right. for for them so you know that's who that's who i was around um you know and then like Ari Leindijk Jr. was my age, so we'd hang out on the track. Sure. So, you right. know, got to know got to know those guys, and you know, then later on, Eddie Cheever was was pretty good family friends, vacation together. Um, so got to know him. Yeah. Ultimately, drove for him. So, you, you, but when I first started, no. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I was just, just out. People. I was just out driving. It was yeah, fun. Right, yeah, right. 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 <laughs> but during like the the quarter midget scene, when you're you know you're a couple of years in now, you're you're doing pretty well. What kind of pressure was put on you? from people from the outside just looking like, oh, shit, look at this kid, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't remember feeling any. Really? You know, Good. To be honest, yeah. you know, I think it, as I got a little older, you know, I didn't really feel like there was pressure to, to perform to a certain level at a young age. Right. Um, but, you know, as I got a little older and especially started moving up, then you get the like, oh, you're, well, you're only here because of who you are. Yeah, it's right, like, yeah. right. You know, whatever. You know, that's where I, th I think I was able to to learn and be taught to not, really let stuff like that bother me too much yeah. you know i i grew up i grew up in an era where where tony brought the brickyard 400 to the speedway yeah. and that came with with all sorts of yeah it's a of, mixed of negative comments yeah. you know <laughs> positive comments too right you know and then and then with the formation of the irl and all the way through all the way through the re reunification and everything else you know i, I grew up in an area and in a house where you know in the indianapolis star and and other other things that I was old enough to read at that point right. or not so flattering things being said about my dad, yeah. Yeah. you know, on a sometimes daily, if not weekly basis. Right. And I saw how Tony, how he reacted or, you know, for better description, didn't react sure. to right. that. Yeah. You know, he, he was, he stood firm in his convictions and, and the beliefs and vision he had for what he wanted to do. And that's what good leaders do. You can't, you've got to tune out. You've right. got to tune out all the yeah. noise. Newspapers are there to sell papers and, and, and write stories and everyone everyone's entitled to their own opinion so um you know i think ha watching how tony handled that you know when i was growing up i think really helped prepare me to deal with with things people were going to say about right, me right. but um you know and then and then you stick around long enough and do enough things and then you know i think you just make you, your own you, way, you make right. your own way yeah. or in your own spot and i feel good about where i am where, where i came from so the uh the home life at that time, because you know there was a, like you say there was so much negativity uh, going around. It, was it as it appears from the outside, where Tony was pretty much unfazed? He was never coming home like mother. <laughs> there was no. <laughs> that, that was that was like more me. Like why, you know, <laughs> right. why, you know why why are you letting these guys like even come to the races, take their passes away, right, right, do right. something? And well, he's like, as a kid, you're like, I know how to fix this. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. you know. But no, he he's totally. Tony's totally calm yeah, you know, nice. I think and a lot of time like you know as far as like you know he he he's the type of guy that would get an email from a disgruntled fan you know say in Detroit and 
Tony happened to be in Detroit, he'd try to track him down and, and go really? have lunch with him. Like, oh, wow. Whether or, not, whether or not something good came out of it, you know, he would at least take the time yeah. right. to listen to someone's opinion and to have them have a chance to listen to his opinion, right. whether or not. Then I assume a lot of those interactions change, but you know he <coughs> he was pretty good about you know having interaction with with people right. he needed to, right. or at least not hiding from it, but not arguing with it either. Yeah, you know. Well, and he was probably smart enough to know that it's easy for somebody to send a <laughs> email, and all of a sudden you get in front of them, and and all of a sudden they change yeah. when uh, when yeah. you're face to face. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a lot of you know what's it keyboard keyboard ninjas, is that what they call them? Or I like that keyboard ninjas is good. That. There's another one that's pretty common, douchebags. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that's a little more common. Um, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you because you obviously have a very helpful background with the family to help a career, but your team name is actually Ed Carpenter Racing. There's no hiding from you're the owner of the team, which obviously you can't do without some sort of funding, and you have terrific sponsors that have been with you for a while. Um, do you still get shit from fans? about being a privileged individual or whatever i don't not really yeah. i mean you know maybe from like a crap wagon guy yeah that, that <laughs> yeah won't let it go <laughs> right you know right. maybe once right. in a while but yeah. for the most part you know i i feel like people are supportive of what we're doing right and, um you know i think we've had enough success whether it's with me driving or other sure. people driving that you know i think we're a respected part of the paddock are the, are the crap wagon guys still around you'll see I mean, that's like that ended eight years you'll ago. see a t-shirt right. here and there uh. still um, but uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, not really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is what it is. I didn't really even want to name it that. We just couldn't come up with anything better. So, so who's driving for you next year? <laughs> <laughs> I figured that would come up at some point. We oh, this is launching uh, November eighteenth at the earliest. We're not one hundred percent sure. So, if there is something that comes out before the eighteenth, there will be something be. before the eighteenth. Okay. So, um, is it Senna? <laughs> no. We read about him yesterday. We were just they, while we were waiting on Rocket to show up, we were looking through Ed Carpenter notes, and it was like, oh yeah, I guess Senate could be an option. Yeah, they. I mean, we've talked to a lot of people. It's been, it's been a interesting, interesting uh, experience. Um, but we're we're getting closer to, to naming half of the lineup anyway. Okay. And then there'll be some more, more announcements coming after that. But, sure. Um, by the time this airs, it'll be common knowledge but sure. okay. i'll refrain for now just because look at that he knows it it. he knows what professional yeah who was it we got to admit something last year early on um there's somebody with a decent well the big thing at the I time i mean we are sitting in speedway at a coffee shop too so yeah you know, <laughs> so you those are robin miller spies right there yeah, you yeah. never yeah. know yeah. you never know who's listening yeah. <laughs> speaking of that i mean you've got to be one of the kind of the most popular dates in town because uh you know obviously with joseph leaving you have a, a program that, you know, is theoretically funded for, for, you know, one full season ride and, and all, you know, half of another season. Yeah. And um, so, therefore, a lot of people can call you and don't necessarily have to have the funding that they might for other programs, which has got to make you a very popular guy. One, is that is there any irritation <coughs> in that? Like, just stop calling Eversley. Like, is there anything <laughs> like that? No. You yeah. know, I think it's, you know, I mean, I've, I've obviously been driving for a long time. And right. for a long time I was in – in the similar position to a lot of guys I'm talking to, whether right. it's, you know, maybe have a little money trying to take it somewhere or right. don't and just trying to get a break. Um, you know, so I try to do my best to, to return all, return all calls right. sometimes quicker than, than other times. But, sure. um, you know, I, I try to, I try to be respectful of the process and, and be, be upfront and honest with guys, you know, right. whether, whether or not, 
they're on our radar or not right or right you know the last thing i'd want to do is is lead someone along knowing that we weren't going to do something and hold sure. them back from another opportunity so i try to talk to try to talk to everyone and you know at times you can't be totally honest with everything you're thinking right. yeah. but right. you at least try to be straightforward and, right. and transparent with with what you can be what's the most elaborate way someone tried to get their name in front of you like somebody show up like pretending to have a basket of cookies but there was like <laughs> no. a resume inside yeah, of it. Yeah, there's really, there hasn't been, I mean, I think I'm easy enough to get a hold of that it's not, I mean, you, you'll you get half the guys that'll just reach out themselves and then, you know, the other half have some sort of representation that, that right. you work through. Um, but it, it's always kind of, we do get, we do surprisingly get a decent amount of, of people contact us like through the contact us thing on our website, oh, really? which, oh, drivers, yeah. which is interesting. So you're getting like, like the info at, yeah, you know, like, yeah. you know Brie will get so an email like that gets forwarded on to me. Right. And it, like, that, it's always a little surprising. Cause like, even like, say I was a European guy, like, and wanted to get a hold of an IndyCar team owner. I think I would just call like the IndyCar office and be like, yeah, right, Hey, right. I'm such and such. Can, yeah. can, can <laughs> I get, can I get Ed Carpenter's email? You know, like, <laughs> but you know, it, Nothing, nothing really bizarre. No one ever okay. like tried to get you on a podcast and then try to angle you for a drive. <laughs> not yet. Ah. <laughs> the day's <laughs> the day's not over. <laughs> but generally, you know, I mean, You're whether saying it shows whether up, it's, it's got my resume, in whether it. it's people here or across the pond, you know, I've been around long enough. You know, between myself and Tony, you know, generally know a lot of know a lot of the players. Right. You know, everywhere that that we. We can get a hold of, of people that maybe we're seeking out yeah, or right. vice versa. Speaking of guys reaching out from Europe, uh, I mean, beyond IndyCar, are there, do you follow European racing? or Not all that much. Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't – to be honest, I don't really follow much outside of IndyCar. <laughs> to be honest, any, I hate this sport. Anymore. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I love it. And I'll watch, I'll watch races if I'm around. Yeah. Right. But, you know, I'm – at this point, I've got three young kids. I knew that was coming. Yeah, and I was just gonna say. Like when we've got an off weekend, you know, I'm probably gonna sleep in over waking up to watch a live F1 race. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it, if there's a race on in the afternoon, like if we're home or someone's sick and we're laying around, I'll watch it. Sure. But you know, we're on the move a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I try to. I spend so much time with with the race team and and working on all our own stuff and focusing on, on the IndyCar side of things that, you know, it's nice to get a break from it. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, yeah. I try to, I should probably keep better tabs on some of the stuff, but, um, you know, I, I pretty much stay focused on, on what's relevant on to, to yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. And that's what I'm the most passionate about. Right. Um, it, it doesn't mean that I don't like it. It's just, sure. you know, I have so much time right. in a day and a week and, right. And three kids, and man. That you know, the family yeah. family deserves all the time I can get them right. versus versus right. you know being being a race fan when I'm when I'm not working. So right. um, yeah, I probably you know I think I've probably watched maybe one and a half NASCAR races this year. Who's your guy? Who's your go-to NASCAR guy? Um, you know I I follow Casey Kane because yeah. we race together in yeah. USAC. Ryan Newman, <coughs> um, obviously Tony Stewart. You know, got guys that I know a yeah. little a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I think Kyle Busch is fun to watch. <laughs> Kurt, yeah. You know, I I actually really enjoyed getting to know Kurt Busch when he ran the 500. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there that was a tough time for him. There was a lot of stuff going on, but from my experience, he was a, he was a great dude. Yeah. 
I've you know, hung out with him really, twice. Really easy to talk to. Yeah. You know, I can only imagine what Kyle would do if he came over here. Yeah. Because Kurt did. Kurt, yeah. I think, yeah, did exceeded everyone's expectations Absolutely. For, yeah. for a limited role. But you know, so so I'll pay attention to to those guys. I met Kyle too when I was sponsored by Dollar General with Sarah Fisher. Yeah. He he did some stuff with Dollar General back then too. So, you know, guys that you meet, guys that I raced with before. Um, things like that. Yeah. So just to help our download count, are you saying there could be a third car for Kyle? <laughs> uh, I, w I would be open to it. I would for sure be <laughs> open gonna to it. We're going to bridge that gap. We're going to make We're this gonna happen. We're going to get Kyle Busch IndyCar. Yeah. I noticed you didn't say you cheered for Danica. I, d I followed Danica. Okay. Because, I, I mean, of all the people over there, she's, she was the Indy she's car the IndyCar driver that went. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it, I think it's important for her to do well. Yeah. You know, I, I don't – I don't have – I mean, I can't say that I can't say that we're good friends. Like sure. we haven't stayed in touch. Right. But you know that doesn't mean we don't get along. Yeah. Either. Sure. Yeah. sure. You know, I, I always thought Danica. We had some disagreements on track at times that everyone will have. But but away from it, you know, I think I think she's great. Yeah. You know, That's she, cool. She's really nice. She always treated treated my kids really well. Um, saw her at American Ninja Warrior this year with <laughs> with Ricky when Joseph was competing. That's and, cool. And we had a good chat there. But yeah, I, I hope she does well. Anytime, anytime anyone crosses over, yeah, you know, I think it's important for them to to do well. But you know, Danica's a pro. You know, she hasn't she hasn't had as much success as what some people probably wish she's had there. Right. But you know, at the same time, whether whether she's racing there or here, you know, she she deserves to be where she is. Yeah. She She's capable. Um. So I don't I don't have any knocks on her hard it's hard to go yeah to go chain you know she was a she was an open wheel driver her whole life that's yeah. a that's a big transition yeah. you know I mean? did you ever get a shot at stock cars did you ever try it no the closest i got was legends cars okay. back in the day yeah. but you know it i i was an open wheel guy you know yeah. the indy 500 was always what it was about for me and that's where i set my sights and you know I, I raced in usac at a time where ford had a huge development program yeah. and, yeah. and a lot that's where everyone was going right and I never really looked at any opportunities. I've said no to a couple um, just because IndyCar has always been where I wanted to be. Yeah. It was always a pinnacle for me. Sure. And, yeah. Um, you know, I guess never, never say never if the right situation came right. along at the right, right time of year. Right. Um, I, w I would be open to it. But, you know, at this point, I'm so invested here and, and, and I, I spend so much energy to, to make sure the race team is, is successful that for me to go try to w do something else on the side, I almost feel like I'm – I'm making a sacrifice to 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 my right. my teammates here, my employees Depending here, on yeah. that that depend on me right. to 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 do a good job yeah. for them and to you know not only deliver as a driver but deliver as a team owner to to keep things rolling and keep us on the progression that we want to be on. So it's uh, what is it, the twentieth? I don't even know. Yes. So it's October twentieth. I think so. Uh, I kind of I feel like it's a Tuesday today. I was on a red eye Monday night into Tuesday morning. <laughs> from testing in Phoenix and I'm all, I'm all sort of confused. So yeah, I, we've, I no clue <laughs> I understand. we've been in the same Honda for three weeks. It was the same, <laughs> same. Deal. How'd Phoenix go by the way? It was good. We had yeah. a, we had a, it was a tire test. Yeah. So myself, Elio and Marco were testing tires. Okay. Um, it's an awesome racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love going out there. I g that was like our spring break forever. When I was a kid, we'd go, okay. you know, whether it was cart, cart, then IRL. Yeah. Um, and then once, when I was racing USAC, Copper World, you know, I raced midgets and silver yeah. crown yeah. out there and then IndyCar when I first started. So been spent so many years out there that right. time of year that it, d it felt weird for a long time, not Did being not there, be there yeah. and right. then kind of got used to it. And then yeah. going back last year, like felt like a reunion almost yeah. just like, 
brought back a lot of childhood memories totally. and you know we used to does the track seem any different to you it's no. a lot different yeah you know with with the reconfiguration and the new asphalt yeah um you know it's still still phoenix it still has some of the same characteristics but it is a different track than yeah. it was back then for right. sure yeah uh well that actually answers part of my question is you know it's it's october 20th you're you may disagree with me, but you're fairly settled for next year. Obviously, uh, and what I mean by that is you're, the majority of your funding is pretty lined up, I think. Um, maybe not. <laughs> uh, uh, and, you know, you're in a position where you're not hunting down what driver is going to fit you in the sense of finance. You know, there you've got guys calling you. Um, and to me, that's a really, at this time of year, with the next race, not for another four or five months, um, to me, that's a very settling, calm place to be right now and normally people are scrambling this time of year to figure yeah, it out it, it is it is you know i think i think that's probably obviously you know we had, we had hoped joseph was going to stay um we knew it was a possibility that he wouldn't right um so <clears throat> can't say you know i was totally surprised right. with what with him moving over to team penske um you know, I think a lot of people expected us to make a pretty quick decision when yeah. that happened, but you know, it, it's an important decision yeah. for us. You know, we knew we knew where we were headed with Joseph and, right. and the direction we were going on, and you know, you know, if if he would have stayed, you know, our intentions for him was, for, you know, to be a career guy with us. You right. know, I, I would have loved for him to, you know, had a Scott Dixon or Elio like career at our team, but you know, now that that's not happening, you know, I, I want to make sure we make not only a good choice for the short term but for the long term of the right, team so right. we do we do have great partners in the team that give us some security that maybe some other teams don't have um so that's a good thing right you know but at the same time you know when we're making this decision and evaluating all our options right. you know i, I want to make sure that we're not just hiring someone that may be the best fit for 2017 right you know but the the person that's going to be the best fit to continue building our team, to right. continue growing the commercial right. side of the business. So, you know, and, and, and we have, you know, we've got the 21 seat to fill and then there's also, you know, sorting out who will share my car with me and, right. you know, but when you factor in that there's two drivers right. that fit in the mix, that kind of changes some of the, the mindset too, because you're, it's, it's a package and, and, right. and how are these guys going to complement each other? You right. know, if you go this direction, you know, what can you do to support, you know, driver A versus driver B. So, right. um, you know, I think people were hoping that we would have something announced already by now, but I really wanted to, to take our time and make make the, yeah, the smart decisions right. for the now and, and tomorrow. So who do you run around with in Indy that's, that we would know? Like, who are your IndyCar buddies off the track? Um, I mean, Joseph and I, you know, despite him not picking me and – spurning me we're still really good friends i talked to him this morning uh we trained together so he he's probably at this point the person i'm closest to because we've spent so much time together um you know Char charlie kimball and i are friends our wives are really good friends as well um you know scott dixon lives a couple couple blocks from me we get along really well so i don't think it goes too unnoticed that you and sage Karam had a few disagreements over the over the season are you and him cool yeah i think we're cool yeah i think we are i mean haven't seen a whole lot of them since then yeah um but you know i talked obviously that that happened in 15 and then he was involved in the accident with with justin wilson at pocono and i reached out and talked to him that was like two weeks after the iowa thing yeah 
but I, in 2006, I was involved in an accident with Paul Dana yeah. where he lost his life. So, you know, I'd been through something like that. Right. could see that he was kind of struggling. I called him just to talk to him about it, talk to him about, you know, some of the emotions and things that I thought about when that happened and just tried to give him some perspective on what, what, how I look at it yeah. and, you know, hopefully how he should look at it. So I think through that process we kind of buried the hatchet just yeah. because right. life, life, real, real stuff that. got in yeah. in the way of you know us having a disagreement on track. But you well, know, Sage is a talented guy. Well, I think part of that is that you know I'm basing this purely on our our huge history together of ten minutes, <laughs> and um, you're a very calm, mellow guy. And you got out of that car at Iowa and you were lit up. I mean, really lit up. Is that is there a very different Ed Carpenter in the car? Yeah, I think we all have different yeah. personalities. Um, you know, th- what what I was mad about in that moment was that if I wouldn't have been the the veteran mature guy, we both would have crashed. Well, you know, he he was going to he was going to beat me that day no matter what. But he didn't need to race me that hard and that dirty. Like I protected right. both of us. Right. And that was the point I was trying to make to him like, "Hey, you know, you you're in a great car. You're a talented guy. You don't need to do that." Right. You know, and you and you shouldn't do that if you want to stick around. Right. And, you know, I don't know if he heard it in the moment, but, you know, I think it's one of those things that maybe maybe sunk in now or maybe it will at some point. Right. But it wasn't that I was I just I was trying to prove a point. It wasn't that I was like, you know, super mad at Sage and never going to talk to you again. Right. You know, it it was more like, hey, you know, that that it was unnecessary. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I, I was racing my ass off and trying to beat him, but he he was gonna get by me. He had a better car at that point. Yeah, right. Ended up and third. Right. Yeah, he yeah. ended up he ended up third. I ended up sixth. I right. probably would have ended up fourth or fifth. Right. If I wouldn't have lost some of the momentum through that whole thing, but you know it, it got played up more, you know. And obviously, you get out of the car upset and you want to go talk to a guy. Yeah. And, and there's cameras. In and your there's face cameras. Yeah. You know, but that that was a you know. It was a one-on-one conversation. I would have had it whether there was cameras or not. Yeah, but right. yeah, I mean, it's it wasn't that big of a deal. Sure, sure. Um, we don't have to get into it if you don't want, but um, obviously, you guys do have that that shared experience that, that you had in 2006 and that he had last year. Um, so just to set the stage, 2006 and I think a warm-up for the race, um, you had an accident. Um, your car ended up being stalled on the track. Paul Dana uh, ran into you. And, you know, he didn't come back. Uh, because you were the guy that got in the accident that sort of started it, I assume there's a ton of remorse, emotion, guilt, whatever it I think, is. I think it's different for everyone. Sure. Um, you know, it, it's never fun. It's never fun when you when you lose a peer in yeah. the sport, whether it's, a, whether it's a cross series or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, it's even less fun when you're involved with it. Right. You know, but at the end of the day, I have a pretty simple approach to this whole thing. You know, for me, you know, I'm I'm a husband, a father. I have a lot of people that rely on me. I love racing cars. And for me, you know, I recognize that every time I go out there, whether it's a practice session, whether it was a test two days ago, something can go wrong. Yeah. You know, we're driving crazy fast cars. They've gotten super safe yeah. and everything's gotten way better. But in the reality is, each and every time all of us go out there, it could be our last day. Right. You know, I'm cool with that. Right. You know, I'm doing what I love to do. And for me, if, if it, it is me in that situation one day, right. I'm okay with that. Right. You know, I, I think everyone should be. Right. Um, 
some people will struggle with that. You know, I think yeah. some people want to guarantee that nothing's ever going to happen. That right. you know, whether it's canopies or whatever, like we've got to make it so nobody ever dies again. And I don't think that's the right way to think about it. You know, yeah. you've got to you've got to analyze what we're doing and be o- be okay with it or not. Right. You know, in in the situation I had with with Paul and Sage with Justin, you know, that's that's the type of thing that can happen. Right. You know, and and I really as cold as this may sound, you know, I didn't, I didn't let myself carry that for very long. You know, Paul was out there doing the same thing I was right. doing what he loved. Right. You know, I didn't intentionally crash. Right. You right. know, um, so you can't, you can't let it bog you down. Right. And, you know, Heather and I are very close with Tanya, his, his widow and, and their son, Connor. Okay. Um, we, we've developed a really good relationship over the years. Right. And, it, it was a, a tragic, unfortunate thing that happened, right. and it was the same same way with Justin. You know, right. they, they were both they were both bizarre instances. Right. You know, similar and dissimilar in some ways, but you know that's that's what I told Sage. I'm like, you know, it 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 could have been anyone. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, it wasn't. You didn't do this to him. Right. Right. You know, you were out doing your job. You had an accident. Right. It could have been someone else. Yeah. yeah. You know, someone else could have had that accident. There's, and and the there's never that moment happened. of, oh, if I just slowed down or exactly. you never had that. Exactly. You can't, you can't, you can't go out and do your job and, and think that way. And that's right. kind of what I was telling him. Like, you know, you can't, there's going to be people that point the finger. And, he, you know, I found myself defending Paul, you know, yeah. after his, because when that happened, people Oh, that's were, right. There was a lot of criticism. People he didn't were slow down his under credentials. He didn't yeah. slow down enough. Right. Right. Like all this right. stuff. And it's like, look, like, you know. Paul was there, you know. He yeah. It, it take. It doesn't matter what his credentials are, what right. he had achieved, what he hadn't. He had worked his ass off. He had gotten yeah. there. He was doing what he loved to do. Yeah. And a terrible thing happened. Right. But you know, that's that's the nature of the beast. Right. You know, and it's not just not just any car. It can happen anywhere. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, we had this conversation with Rocket yesterday, I think, um, where we were talking about you know this. You mentioned the safety aspects of it and the sort of culture of speed that's sort of in conflict with itself right now um you know uh, there's been a, a recent you know when once we switched to body kits and going back to turbo cars and that whole thing there's there's been a whole lot of conversation about you know the speeds coming back at indy and then all of a sudden people get very nervous when we start seeing people flip and and have bad you were one of them um where do you stand like if if all of a sudden everybody said okay Forget about turbo, or forget about you know limited boost and whatnot. Let's go back and let's start running qualifying laps at 240 or whatever. Where do you stand as the cars currently are? I think it'd be awesome to see a track record fall again. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time, you've got to be. We all have to feel like the technology's there to protect us. Right. You know, I mean, you don't like we're talking about. There's, there's never going to be any guarantees, but right. we don't need to just throw caution to the wind either and, and right. make irresponsible choices. You know, I, I think. I think these cars could break the record. You know, obviously we went through in a time with, with the body kits and there were some unintended consequences right. with some things that happened. Um, I feel like that's sorted out, you know. So it's it's a process of, of making sure the tires can handle it, the cars can handle it, the suspension. Right. You know, I think, I think we all thought we'd be there by now. Right. But, you know, I don't think where we are with this car, it's quite capable. Maybe the next car will be. Um, just because the machine, I think I think it'll protect us. I think, <laughs> sure. but you know, I think some of some of the issues is just whether the car can withstand the forces that right. that come with going that fast. What's I because mean, a big difference with with 
how we go that fast now versus when they were going that versus fast like before. Versus like 96, right. You know, the they had a, a ton more power. Yeah. You know, we, we can't even get to that power right. with, with the formula we have now. You know, so we're, we're sustaining that speed right. and, and carrying at higher speeds. And, and the loads that that puts into the cars and, and other other parts of the suspension right and everything else tires right it's a lot a lot different forces maybe not all that much difference in peak force but sure. the sustained force of holding it the whole is, time is yeah. a lot higher than what it used to be so sure. you know working through all those challenges but i think it'll be i hope we get there you know i hope i'm a part of it sure what was the last thing you downloaded for an app on your phone the last one i downloaded i don't know it, it was probably something for one of the kids, to be honest. Right. Yeah, right. Um, do they use your uh, phone more than you do? Or the no, iPad? they use they use Heather's more than I do. All right. What's the last song you downloaded? I don't download much music. Really? You just no. steal it? Just yeah, steal no, it. No, no, I did, like Amazon, Ama <laughs> Amazon Prime. <laughs> okay. Like listen to their channels, cool. what, stuff like that. Okay, okay. Do you listen to any podcasts? Uh, I listen to Matthew Berry. His fantasy okay. football, fantasy football focus. So you're just all sports. You're, you're I'm very all sports. sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in my car, I, I listen to talk radio, just sure. sports talk radio. Yeah. For my commute. Are you a big fantasy guy? Uh, yeah. All right. Now, so obviously the Col forget the Colts for a second. <laughs> Do you primarily watch football for your fantasy team? No. No, I like I like the sport. Um, I think it makes it more entertaining to watch because you can pretty much turn on any game and, and have an there's investment. a good chance that you're connected to someone that's somebody on a team that, or right. someone you're playing has a player um how serious do you take it are you like doing 2 a.m trades and like thinking through your your draft picks and all that yeah i mean it, it, i'm my brother-in-law and i are in a keeper league which it makes it fun because then you can it kind of carries on in the off season you can trade draft picks and future players and different right. things so probably take it too seriously. I know my wife Heather doesn't care for it. I was going to say, have you ever lied to her? It's breaking my marriage apart. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> have you ever lied to her? Like, now I got a big sponsor meeting I got to go to, and in fact, it's just you sneaking out to. No, to right. no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> what it if doesn't I said we weren't deep. recording? It doesn't go that deep. We uh, <laughs> we're we're honest with each other in regard to that stuff. <laughs> um, Stop trying to make me sound like a douchebag, yeah. Sean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I put too much time into it for sure probably leading up to the draft but um it helps having a co-owner because we can kind of carry the load when when i'm sure. traveling or he's traveling that's, right. his, that's his thing okay but yeah it's fun so you i imagine because you're so like you're a full-time sports fan you have a man cave at home where it's like it's game time leave dad alone like he's um, got to watch his we, colts we have like yeah we have kind of two living rooms we don't have a basement so i don't really it's not really a cave it's got a lot of windows yeah, we kind of have two living rooms. One's a family room. One's more of a sports room, kegerator, memorabilia. There you go. A I like the trophies. Okay. Now we're talking. Um, but the kid, you know, that's where the Xbox lives too. So, you know, Ryder, Ryder has access to to that room as well. So, just a is minute. he? He's the oldest. He's our middle. He's he's seven. Okay. So he, but he's our oldest daughter. She doesn't really get into video games. So is Ryder going to be the next carpenter, race car driver? He think? he wants to be. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of holding them off. Heather, Heather's That's ready it. to like turn them loose. We've really? taken them out okay. carting a couple times. Okay, but so mom times. is on board with uh, yeah. getting in. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah, just because like you know she sees how much he, you know, I don't see what like what he looks like when I'm out driving. Sure. Yeah. You know, sure. So she sees that. Yeah. You know, so 
you know, she wants us to stay connected in that way. Right. And we, he's gone. We've, I've taken him out karting in a kid cart a couple of times and he did a good job. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think too many people start their kids way too early. Right. Right. And I want to make them work for it. You know, yeah, it's, that's it's, say. it's, it's like a hard way to, it's a hard way to go as much as I love what I do. Like right. I don't want him to ever feel like he's got to do what I do well, because he's my son. So, yeah. you know, he, he plays hockey, he plays soccer. We try to get him involved in as many things. And, right. you know, if he keeps, if he stays persistent enough, you know, we'll probably, I'll probably give it a go here in the next couple of years. Right. You know, but I also want to be able to devote the time to, to, to it if we're going to jump into it. Yeah. So well, and, and we'll so see. For the dads that are out there, so obviously carding is one thing, but uh, if he does take it seriously or, or your daughters, um, if the time comes that he decides he, he wants to make the jump up and he's of age that he can start doing hiring midgets or lights or something like that, where where does the family bank account stop? I, I mean, for me, it'll stop pretty early. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> I, I, I've got – we're pretty – you know, we're pretty invested in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and if he, he needs to understand how it works from yeah. an early age. Right. And, you know, I, I think my parents did a good job with that with me and I'll, I'll support him the best I can and help him try to do it. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't say, I can't say I see us supporting him, you know, yeah, very right. far past carts to be honest, yeah, just yeah, because it, it gets, yeah. it gets pretty expensive quick. Yeah. So, you know, if it's, it's going to be one of those things that happens, it's going to be cause that's, it was supposed to happen, out, right? Right. Um, but we'll we'll see where it goes. Right. I mean, you know, th- that's the biggest thing is he did a really good job when we went out there. But I want to make sure he's dedicated to right. to really doing it. And he's still just slightly immature. Like sure. I want him to care about everything he does a little more. Yeah, before yeah. We <laughs> go do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our daughter, our oldest, she's nine and she's a gymnast. She likes going to the races, but she's not. She's never really shown any interest in. And actually, yeah, she doesn't like riding our four-wheeler very much okay. how good of a gymnast is she she's good yeah. she uh when we was were like, ra- with everything was during the olympics was it the whole house had to shut down so you guys could watch everything well it was hard because it was all, all that was on prime time and school yeah. we were back in school so mm-hmm. we were dealing with homework and bedtime we recorded it all and watched right. it later but yeah she was she was super excited about it um the gym that she she competes with samantha pezik that was on the last olympic team that's where she she trained um, so she comes in. Gabby Douglas stopped by the gym oh, a cool. couple weeks ago. But so th- last year was her first year on the team. Kind of a similar thing with her. We made her, like, work really hard right. and do yeah. all the practice, but we didn't let her join the team until last year. And she, she it started off a little rocky just because most of the girls that were on the team had been doing it for two or three yeah. years. But she won she won state, the state meet, for her age group and, and level. Um, and that that happened during St. Pete as, as okay. we were having some mechanical problems with Joseph's car. So it went from being a bad day to a really good day real quick. Yeah, right. But, That's yeah, cool. she she does really well, works really hard, uh, and we're super proud of her. Sort of switching gears a little bit. The uh, I'm going to stop saying that. Sort of hitting the yeah, paddle shift. Sort of shifting down to third. It's like, it's like a movie when they always downshift, even when they're Yeah, downshift yeah, to win. Exactly. Yeah. Downshift to win. Just push the gas pedal all the way down. Yeah, I'm going to go to the outside this time. <laughs> um, well, in that case, like, what's your, what's your, you've seen Driven. I've seen them all. Yeah. You watch Driven, like, to get pumped for the 500, and you're like, all right. No, but this. it's definitely one of those crappy movies <laughs> that if it's on, I'll watch it, you yeah. know. Just to pick it apart. Yeah. Yeah, you watch it, like, I mean, no, I'm not going to lie, like, I, when we're, when we're testing and screwing around, like, I'll, I'll pull a Joe Tanto line every now and then. <laughs> and right, start yes. Humming, like, um. Are you doing the, but, the but quarter you, trick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's obviously not possible 
you know, but there, I think every race driver has had, had moments where, where they're locked into the point that you do feel like you could do that. Right. 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 Uh, when things slow down, but no, it's, it's, it's always worth the, it's always worth a watch, especially now Lee Bentham who works with us uh, on the team he was running Atlantics back when they filmed that, and he was driving one of the cars okay. when they were doing some of the filming. So we like to watch it and pick his helmet out yeah, now and yeah. give him a hard time. But, uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a little while, but definitely don't watch it before the 500. <laughs> Big day tomorrow. Yeah. Hit it. Yeah, when Joseph broke his hand this year, like I made him punch a, punch a heavy bag like to prove that he could get back in the car. <laughs> Just like a piece of meat hanging in the yeah. back of the trailer. Like, uh, yeah. hit it, kid. Um, <laughs> one of the things we like to ask, uh, especially for people that kind of do the USAC stuff for the late models or dirt tracks, who's the best USAC guy you raced against that we've never heard of? That didn't get the break. It just oh, didn't man. line up that you think would have been able to go all the way. Probably Dave. I mean, Dave Darlin for yeah. me, you know, he, he's still, he's yeah. still awesome. Yeah. Um, had, he for sure had all the talent to do it. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of some other maybe. Dave's well known, so that's not really. Yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know that that's the one that jumps into my head the most. A guy that totally should have had an opportunity to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's he's probably the one. But Bud Kading, who? Bud Kading. He did run a few Indy Lights races for Doricott okay. way back when, so he kind of had a chance. But right. Who's the next big thing that will make it? in your opinion, that we might not know if we're just watching IndyCar or <coughs> watching lights or anything. Oh. Is there someone For, coming? Like from USAC? Or or Indy Lights or um, sports car racing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, There's someone you see that you're like, okay, that guy, if he just keeps doing the right things, he's going to be a superstar in IndyCar or stock cars. Or I mean, I think – I do think Spencer has all, all the potential. Yeah. Yeah. He needs time. He needs time to develop. Just to be clear – because we have a lot of sports car fans. You're talking about Spencer Piggott. Spencer Piggott. Yeah. Definitely not. Not Spencer Pompelli. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was – Zach Beach tested for us yeah. at Sonoma, and he did a really, really good job. Like, he exceeded our expectations. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to ever fully draw a conclusion from one test, but from from that test, like, he, he deserves to get a chance yeah. without a doubt. Um, and he's been really strong in Indy Lights and yeah. multiple teams and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, Felix Rosenquist for sure looked yeah. legit when he was here, but that's not really a no-brainer, and he's been doing a lot of different things yeah. already anyhow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. It's, you know, it, it's so hard to tell. Like, you look at a guy like R.C. Anderson, and he really didn't do anything in Lights, didn't look that strong, and then he got in Dale Coyne's car this year yeah. Yeah. and kind of smoked Connor yeah. the second half of the year. Yeah. And performed at a way higher level in an Indy car than he ever did yeah, no in an Indy coming. Lights. Right, and right. it's kind of like, you know, yeah, are, what are we mi- what are we missing here? Right, like, yeah, right, right. You know, so it, it's it's hard it's hard to tell sometimes. You know, I think well, on the different cars are different, and different right. types of drivers adapt to it differently. But you know, it's it's tough to say. So on the on the commercial side, because obviously we'd love to see all these guys get rides, it's just not feasible. Um, there, there's no one thing that can fix any problem, right? So, so you know, people on the forums would love to sit here and fix the sport and say more marketing and all this <laughs> nonsense, but it, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, if there, if there was a formula, we'd all we'd be, be doing employing it. it. Yeah. So, but on the so on the commercial side, obviously switching over to the the team owner role, what would you say are your your two or three biggest 
challenges in getting people to to come on board? Um, I mean, one just getting a getting them engaged and getting them to the track, giving yeah. them you know getting to the point where they will give it right. legitimate <coughs> consideration. Yeah, you know, because when you just look at it from from the metrics that are easy to find and and looking from afar, it's hard it's hard to get people engaged. Um, but you know, when you do get people to the track, I think it totally changes things, right. and they can see a different side of of how how to use racing as a right. tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, you know, I, I think IndyCar is positioned really, really well right now. You know, more so than other forms of motorsport. Right. You know, I mean, even, you know, everything. It's it's hard right now. You know, you look yeah. at the NFL and they're they're seeing ratings decline for the first time like ever. Right. You know, so. The fact that IndyCar is in an era right now where, you know, we've shown growth for three consecutive years now, not only in TV numbers, but also in attendance, you know, where the schedule's getting stronger and more cohesive. I feel like it's it's snowballing slowly. Right. You know, the, yeah. the base the base isn't big enough. Right. But, you know, it. I feel like the group of people over at IndyCar right now, what what they're doing is working. Right. And we all need to, we all need to just be patient with it and keep playing it out. Sure. Right. Um, but, but yeah, it but it's it's hard, you know, growing growing the partnership side, bringing new sponsors in. You know, I, I would love to run three cars full time, right, or four. Um, but we we will not do that right. until we can do it do it the way we want to, right. And you know, make it have us be a stronger team, right. You know, we we could probably go out and find someone with enough money to to grow the team, but. If it's not going to make us better, we don't feel like there's an opportunity to yeah. develop a guy like a Spencer Piggott. Yeah, you know, we're not going to do it. To kind of spell out the the biggest challenge you're, you were sort of saying there is like, you know, let's say you're you're going for Apple Computer as your sponsor, which was the the analogy Hole used yesterday. Yep. You know, you're you're not going to get to the CEO. You're going to get to some mid-level marketing guy, or you're going to be sent to their agency, one yep. way or the other. And if that person's not already an IndyCar fan. They're not going to give you much time other than like, okay, send me the basic metrics. And yeah. once they see that, they're out. Yeah, y- yeah. yeah. It's it's all about developing relationships, yeah. having the right contacts, networking. So, uh, and that takes time. Yeah, and it's and it's hard. So, so. getting somebody excited, getting them to yeah. the track. I mean, they have to want to be there. And so there's only so yeah. many, and there's only so many people you can get connected into with the amount of time you've got in a day to do yeah. that. It's so back in uh, 07, I think was the first time you came on my radar because you were doing the Daytona 24 Hour. Yep. With Vision Racing, that was my first Daytona 24 Hour. Was that that year? I think that was my last one. What was that like jumping into a – was that the first time you'd race something with a roof on your head? Uh, since a Legends car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was different. fun. Yeah. I, I had a ton of fun doing that and would love to do it again. Um, we can read about it yeah, online, but how'd it, it go? It, we, we had a Porsche Crawford both years and blew the engine both years. <laughs> the, the one, Thomas Schechter was in the car. We were literally like – 29 between 29 and 31 minutes left in the race mm-hmm. and the thing blew up on the front stretch oh, that was awful. Yeah. and it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. talking about I mean, a waste, gonna talking about up, a waste right. of a, a yeah. night yeah um yeah that sucked and then the next year it blew up with me in the car um also after we had raced through the night <laughs> but yeah but it was <laughs> at least in the morning <laughs> right but yeah it, it it's a fun race man like yeah. it's 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 a cool cool event you know, it's cool to be at Daytona, like yeah. the oval yeah. part of it. Like, man, it's narrow. Like when you watch a Daytona 500 a little differently, yeah. you know, yeah. just having driven a prototype around there, what those yeah. guys do, um, you know, it's not, it's easy not to like sit back looks. and be yeah. like, oh, yeah, restrict your plate racer. Just, just hold it down. Yeah. Flat, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. easy. Yeah. Same thing everyone says about our races, you know, yeah. but no. 
no, there's no way. Yeah. Um, especially just with how bumpy it is and how much that track moves you around. But no, I had, I had a great time and, you know, obviously wish we could have had some better results, but, right. it, but it, it's, it's, it's one of those events that is special and, and unique and it's really fun to be a part of. Yeah. You drove with your dad. One year. One year. Yeah. Did, I, I swear to, did he crash or something? He crashed big? really, really hard. Yeah. It was at the it test. Was, everyone was like really hush hush about it. I thought he got hurt. Yeah. Like it was, <laughs> yeah he he was going into one and like he he didn't get all his downshifts done and he went in there like he was in an indie car <laughs> to carry that type of speed right, and yeah like had no chance of making it and not it clear it knocked the radio out of the thing right. and then like so i didn't know if he was all right you know i got a taste of what it was like for my parents i guess I'm but sure. yeah. but yeah. flew over there on the on the golf cart and like launched the windshield out of this thing <laughs> and like it is just totaled right and he he was fine but you know but he, he, he was wearing glasses it, his glasses flew out of his helmet right but yeah so but he he got he got back in and came back and did yeah. it yeah. and what do you have to say was he a typical race car driver like oh no something, something, something broke, broke. <laughs> yeah was, wasn't me hit some oil no i mean he he took responsibility for it i yeah. think you know we probably should have done a better job getting him coaching him more comfortable the, yeah. you know going somewhere else probably because it was tough because was that his first time in that car yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> and he you know he was working up to it trying to work yeah. up to yeah. it at his pace which is really what you need to do yeah yeah yeah. and you know that race control was coming on being like hey uh, you know pick I, it I think it was double zero the car right. need, needs to pick it up right and, and so we we told him he needed to pick it up a little bit and then made a mistake so yeah. right it was uh, it was on us as much as him but sure but it it was fun, you know. It was a fun experience, and nobody got hurt. We somehow got the car repaired and yeah. got back out on track the next day. But yeah, that, that was a big one. Yeah, I remember hearing we about that, and then, about and then it, it kind of just went away. Yeah, like not much was said. I was like, oh, I hope he's okay. And then yeah. obviously he was. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty quickly swept under the rug. Yeah, yeah. unlike most of my accidents. During <laughs> a, you know, so be, because he's he's driven, um, you know, during the days of like vision or whatnot, did you ever? walk into the shop and there he was helmet on just doing laps in a in a chassis or anything like that no like, damn it dad no he had he had moved on at that point yeah. like from an indie car type of aspiration okay. um but you know when we when i was running usac we had a midget for him we built yeah. a, we built a midget just for him that was That's a little cool. bigger yeah taller and one one year at the chili bowl he was in a transfer to make the a oh sh he was Jesus. in a b main and kevin olsen which i don't know if you guys know yeah, kevin name, yeah. but he's a character and Kevin dumped him for the transfer spot, <laughs> and you know he, he was gonna make he was gonna make the main, yeah, which was pretty unbelievable. And that was Kevin's chance in IndyCar, and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're all fr no we're one, all friends. No one ever yeah. saw him again. We were friends when yeah. that happened, and it w we had a good laugh. You know, it's chilly ball. Yeah. You know, but yeah. yeah but if you're, but if you're trying to transfer to yeah, the yeah, A main, you can drive. Tony's one of those guys that's pretty talented. Like yeah. if if he's to go pick up a golf club or. You go out on the basketball court or throwing a football around. Yeah. Like he, he's an athletic, yeah. gifted guy. Right. Tra trying to transfer to the A main for Chili Bowls. That's yeah. yeah. Not it's messing like around. Three thousand. Yeah. Guys we we did another race at, at Kokomo, and he he like I, I can't remember if he chopped down on a guy or whatever, but he he took this guy out, and it's like I thought it was going to be a brawl <laughs> at the trailer afterwards. <laughs> there were definitely definitely some words words going right. back and forth, but. It, it, yeah, I mean to answer your question, he's a competitive guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Doing it. Sure. He was out trying to do it for real. That's awesome. We want to see you going back to dirt tracks. Uh, I would like to. You know, th the Chili Bowl is one that you probably won't see me do just because 
it's hard. Like it, you've got to be in those cars. You can't just go try to run the Chili Bowl and 300 cars there. Yeah. Like if I'm going to go run a midget race, like I'd rather just go pick up a local show and and go run, run good. the whole event, have fun. Yeah. Well, um, I assume you want to be a little under the radar if you're doing yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I would love, I would love to to build up a sprint car again and have it at the shop just to go play with, but. You know, got, it's hard to really justify yeah. doing that right now. But yeah. we've got quite a few. Tim Broyles, our, our GM, he came yeah. from Sprint Cars. We've yeah. got a couple other guys that came from that world. So, right. you know, I would have full support of, of guys volunteering to want to be a part of it yeah. on, on their free time. But someday, someday yeah. I'll go do it again. But I've got enough on my plate right now. I'd say so. Are you familiar with Johnny O'Connell? Yes. Okay, did you know that he tried to murder Dario Franchitti in Detroit? Literally? The kind of racing I do in sports cars, our crashes aren't as spectacular as, as indie car crashes because we're not going that fast, that close to walls generally. So when I've had issues in the past where I know I'm about to hit something, I've got time to think about it. But in an indie car, you rarely do because it happens so quickly. It does, but man, like it slows down. Like yeah. when you have one at indie or whatever, like it, it slows down, and and you t- you record it all. Right. You yeah. take it all in, and you know I think you're. Think your senses just go, you know, they're they're at another level with the adrenaline and everything. Right. So, you still you still have time to think about it, right? right. You know, m- not as much sure, clearly because sure. it, it's still happening <laughs> right. at speed. Yeah. But, but yeah, you, you you recall more than you would think. Yeah. What about something like Indy, like a couple of years ago, when not only are you losing it, but now the car gets airborne, you're rolling over, or whatever. I mean, you have <laughs> well, zero that, control. Yeah. At that I mean, that's point. a good example because, yeah. like, at that point. Elio had already been upside down. Joseph yeah. had been upside mm-hmm. down, so I lost it, and I'm like, "Yeah, f- I'm, I'm, go- I'm going upside down." Like, yeah. it, I knew what was happening because I had seen it happen to two yeah. other guys, and we kind of knew <laughs> there wasn't a solution at that point. Right. You know, so I, I wasn't surprised when I ended up upside down. I was just happy when I landed and saw sparks. You know, anytime yeah. you get in the air in an Indy car, yeah, you know, you're worried about the catch fence. Yeah, and that's all. You know. I had enough time to recognize I'm going to go upside down. Okay, where am I on the Sweet. track? Sweet, I didn't get in the catch fence. Yeah. Yeah. I see sparks. This is awesome. And then it's like, okay, you're like trying to peek out top. Like, no one hit me, no one hit me, no one hit me because uh, I've been there too. So, yeah, right. you know, yeah, you, you, you think about a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is the big practical joker of IndyCar that you're trying to stay off their radar? Um, like who's locking people in porta potties or, or tying up? I mean, cars? Hinch is he he's there. Yeah, you know he's kind of obvious. TK's ob, you know he he's got a long history. You know Marco Marco's a little sneaky about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's not there's not anyone really I'm like afraid of that I, you know that I you don't leave their, your rental car near their bus or something. Just more just my own teammates, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think most of the but there's not as many practical jokes like across across boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. But you never know. So when you won poll a couple of years ago, at least on TV, it seemed like the crowd kind of lost their shit. And then uh, the couple times I've been to the 500, like during the parade and whatnot, you tend to be one of the more applauded guys. Um, you're walking around this place in a flannel, um, fairly under the radar. Uh, is do you like around you, I didn't here? Shave today. Say what? Said like you, I didn't shave today. You're wearing it better than he you, is. Yeah, yeah. So you, you look your age. You look better than your age. Um, but uh, anger in your voice. Yeah, there. I'm just not happy with me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, 
you know, sports car guys, and they never get recognized. Is there? Does that happen? Can you? I mean, h here. Yeah. In but Indy. you know, yeah. I've been I've been doing this for a while now. Right. Uh, you know, I wasn't. I've always lived here. You right. Know, and it took a long time <laughs> to kind of build up a fan base and to get well, some of that. When was the first time you actually got recognized? Like, oh shit. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Because I think the first time it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool, but yeah. at the same time, like, I don't really care. <laughs> you know, I probably should care more than what I do, but I don't, you know. Right. But, yeah, I mean, you, you get recognized. I mean, right. it happens other places, too. Like, right. I, we, we were on a Disney cruise for our kids' fall break a couple weeks ago, and yeah. someone, someone spotted me on there. Oh, okay. Interesting. And it's okay. like, you know. And a cruise kind of sucks because you can't get away. <laughs> yeah, like, no, well, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine, you know. It's it's a time to show that IndyCar drivers are, are cool, good guys. But, you know, it's a good thing when we get recognized outside of Indy because it means someone's – Someone's, Someone's watching. Yeah. But, uh, you know. All right. We've got an investment opportunity for you. <laughs> what? Uh, hear me out. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of cruises being stuck, uh, are you familiar <laughs> with uh, Rami, super fan Rami? I know he's an IndyCar guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wow. There we go. Met Rami, met Rami at Milwaukee a long, long time ago. Have you? You're Dude, in, I assume you're in his book. Two photos? Oh, yeah. Both yeah. sides. Okay, oh, both sides. I love it. Yes. I love it. We actually had an awkward moment because Heather <laughs> wait, was weird. Wait, you <laughs> wait. Heather, <laughs> that's not true. Heather was pregnant. Oh, God. I think with Ryder. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah right. we know Rami at this point. Okay. <laughs> but we were, we were getting – we had a motorhome there, and we were going up to go to a Brewers game. We were going to okay. dinner in a Brewers game. That's cool. Okay. And Rami's wanting to get a picture. And, like, we're running late. Yeah. And, like, Rami, I'll uh, get you tomorrow, bud. Right, yeah, like, right. And he like he was kind of have a conniption fit, <laughs> just because like we wouldn't do it right then and there. But he, you gotta, you gotta love him. Heart's in the right place. Yeah, yeah. sure. I, I've, yeah. I he, mean, I've got. I, I feel like Rami and I have a pretty special connection. You know, he. We've I don't want to ruin it for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, no, it's kind of like this with everybody. <laughs> Even no, me, and no, I host a he, podcast. Has he given you any? Of his cat whiskers. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> okay, the podcast just <laughs> went for the Now we're getting to the good stuff. I've got, go. I've got an envelope. Uh, Rami gave it to me in 2011 at the Indy 500 with some of his cat whiskers for good luck. <laughs> and Rami, if you're listening, I still have them. <laughs> did, did you tape them to your uh, your cockpit? The inside? I, had a, I, I had them in the pit. Wait, 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 wait. Cat whiskers. Cat whiskers. How did he of get them? Well, I didn't. They don't it. fall off, right? They, they were from, I believe, uh, <laughs> Rami can, he can fill in the blanks since you guys are buds. But he, I believe they were from deceased cats. <laughs> so he removed them at that point. No animals were harmed. But I, and I thought I was special. He asked if he could stay at my apartment. Yeah, like you didn't two get weeks cat ago whiskers. But, yeah, but yeah, that's where when you're like, hey, I hate to bust it to you. Like he's tight with everybody. Like I feel, you know, no, I feel yeah, pretty I good. Feel pretty good about like our relationship. I believe I have him. Ed Carpenter has won yeah, this you, round. You of are Rom the Nation. biggest. Yeah. Holy. <laughs> and I, I can produce. They're in a pink envelope with Rami's return address on them. Like I, they're, I've got them. <laughs> wow. You've, you've won the day. We can't top this. Rami's won the day. Yeah. yeah. Rami has won but again. Rami, I want you to know if you're listening, I still have them. <laughs> okay. I was maybe, maybe I'll bring them. Maybe they'll be in the car this year at Indy. Who knows? I was, I was going to ask earlier, way before this conversation. Wait, are you going to tell them about our investment idea? Yeah, but I, I'm gonna ha I have to recover for a minute. <laughs> I need a minute to think this through. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask if you had any weird fan interactions that stick out, but I'd say – I mean that that one's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. You know, but the guy, 
He's amazing. Like I think he's got a hard card for every major series right. yep. in the world. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. It, you know, he he's a passionate fan, and we need we need more Ramis out there. You know, <laughs> Maybe that like do, a little less. That are just all in. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But uh, I yeah, start, I want to start doing four way photos, like in front and then behind. <laughs> <laughs> like that's gonna become two my more. I mean, two I don't. We don't even really do pictures anymore. Really? No. He's over it. You're yeah, above just, that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, mean, we're not, like we're dead just, cat whiskers. We just talk. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, I, you may not be in on our idea then. Um, <laughs> so we have an investment opportunity for you. There's not probably much in the way of ROI, but really, what is? Um, <laughs> so uh, there's a there's a a huge celebrity car racing cruise filled with some of the best pro am sports car drivers you've ever seen. Uh, called Cruising with the Monkey. Um, so, yeah. Have you heard of this the whole no, nonsense? No. Okay. Um, so this is a real thing. This is yeah. a real thing. Okay. Like, so, so your boy, Sage Karam, uh, Karam uh, drove a, a Gas Monkey-sponsored uh, IndyCar yep. at the 500. They've been all over sports car all year because of some investors and whatnot. And so um, this Richard Rawlings-branded thing, um, they're what are they like renting a cruise ship for? Yeah, a week? they basically rented. They're, a they're cruise renting ship. like a Norwegian cruise line or something for a week. And I like that you're like waving the knife as I tell this story. <laughs> it's like this I is the best part. Like like I gotta know. <laughs> you can ask my engineers. I fidget with stuff all the time. It's all good. Um, don't feel threatened. <laughs> <laughs> feel threatened. Now I don't. <laughs> He's got one too. I got one. Damn it. And a fork. Um, but. Uh, they so rented anyway, a cruise ship. So they're renting a cruise ship <laughs> for us back on point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for this very relevant story. Glad you took the time um, today. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them, Sean. So uh, yeah, spit it out. So they're <laughs> so they're renting a cruise ship um, for I guess anyone going through a midlife crisis. Like it's nothing <laughs> but like forty-something-year-olds with goatees on a cruise ship with like a bunch of sports car drivers. I'm this sounds I can't made up. Pitching this. Have yeah. they sold it out? No. From what we understand, no. Yeah, but the. They are trying to. They are trying to. So they're selling and packages where you can be on this cruise ship. and It's and cruising with the monkey. Cruising with the monkey is what yeah. it's called. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up. Well, but hold on. It's going to get better. Um, <laughs> you might not want to go. Yeah. So I'm sure I won't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan and I, uh, they, they've invited all kinds of celebrity sports car drivers, which I, I guess you probably are not you, heard of Are you trying to get people to pitch in to get Rami on the cruise? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's I like that one. You got it, and two, you're trying to speed up the story. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got, I, I got to go. work to do, guys. Yeah. So we're thinking, I put the pieces together for yeah. for, a, for a nominal fee. You could get in on our, our idea <laughs> of getting Rami on this cruise because well, you can't leave. We were thinking yeah, send, about send me some of the details. And yeah. Okay. We'll, send it to my we'll people. Have a look at it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that, that just happened. <laughs> okay. So we do a pass along question uh, on every episode. So last night we had dinner with Mike Hull. Yep. And his question for you was, how are you planning on growing your team? Um, I mean, I, I guess the the short answer is continuing to attract talent, you know, in the car, out of the car. Yeah. Um, obviously, we need to we need to grow the commercial side of the business. That you know, that's probably the most obvious question. Um, you know, but to do that also we've got to have the right people in the car right. and, the, and the right people so you know that, that's a big part of where we are sitting here today you know move, moving forward turning a page writing a new chapter um you know Joseph, joseph's moved on but at the same time you know i feel like we we did a lot to to get joseph to the point where penske someone like roger wanted yeah. to sign him so when we started working together he hadn't hadn't won anything yeah in indycar he'd obviously won a lot of other things but you know i feel like we played a played a role in that it's something I'm proud of, and it's something that I'm confident that we can do again. 
Um, we've got a great group of people, but you know, we've got to continue developing talent. You know, right. it, it doesn't matter how good the team is or how good of a driver we go hire if it's not the right if it's not the right fit, the right package, the right group of people doing it together, we're not going to have success. So um, that's my answer to the question. Cool. So after this, we are heading over to Kilroy's on Meridian yes. in Georgia. Yep. Uh, in downtown. In downtown. Yeah. downtown. And uh, we're having lunch with a social media superstar, NASCAR Chasm. Oh, I, I think, I, think I may have met this guy. Yeah. One, I think I know who he is, but I can't remember his name. Yeah. But I, I certainly know the account. So any question you could think to ask him on any level, it doesn't have to be serious, like Mike Hull made it. Um, anything you would ever want to ask NASCAR Chasm? Um, who's his favorite person to make fun of? Ooh, you know, he he, he yeah. makes fun of a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and I guess the follow-up question is, you know, does he actually dislike anybody or is he just having a good time yeah. all, in, all in good spirits? That's a long question, I guess. That's perfect. Nah, that's perfect. Makes our job easier. All right, I'm sure you got to get going here. But if there was a – and I know you're not going to answer it. But if there was <laughs> – I'm going to ask if, anyway. If, <laughs> <laughs> if there was one driver you could punch in the face, who would it be? Oh. Of any era. Oh, any era. Any era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any. Any era, one driver. Or just, like, flicking the balls. To punch in the face. <laughs> if you don't want to go for the full punch, you could just flick. Oh, man. That's a tough one. I mean, I really didn't care for Mark Taylor all that much when we ran into okay. Heights together. Yeah, because yeah, you, you guys kind of came through at the same time. Yeah. Sure. Um, I thought his fiance wife, she was really nice, but I, I always kind of thought he was a dick, so I guess I'll go with Mark Taylor. Okay. That's and now fair. what's he doing? I don't know. Yeah. 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 No one knows. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have a clue. Yeah. I got nothing. All right. All right. Well, uh, how painful was this? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, was it painful in the sense of, like, you didn't want to talk about yourself, or you're like, oh, these guys say they're funny, and no, then, it's of course, good. it's just painful. I can't imagine it. how this was pitched. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, no, they're really good. No, no Bree, Bree it, she, it, she endorsed you guys, and I trust Bree to do her job for our team. And Please don't fire her yeah, because she, of it's not she sends a She sends me kind of a weekly list of things that are on the – on the possibility or right. whether I do them or not. And she she said this is one we should do. So well, hundreds. I, I, I let her do her job and trust her judgment. Of people will listen to this. That's good. So that'll be that'll be good for you. Was there was there one takeaway you were hoping that the fans who otherwise don't know you would, would walk away from? Like you're, you're secretly an asshole or, or you're funnier than? I don't know. I mean, I really, I guess I really don't care what people think of me at this point. I'm 35 and yeah. I've been doing it long enough that I don't care. But, um, you know. It's not I, that you don't want them to follow you and support you. It's that you just don't care if someone doesn't like you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I exactly. respect that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. I guess people always ask, like, what, you know, what's what's something unique about you? Or I'm like, nothing. Like, I'm pretty normal and right. just normal. You know, so yeah. Well, I think actually, it, I think what I, makes that's, you unique that, that's is there's, thing there's nothing about you that's trying to be something you're not, and I think I actually really respect that. Yeah, it, it's much easier just to be who you are, yeah. and whether people choose to like that or not, right? That's that's their own decision. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Sweet. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have fun at Kilroy's. Continental's got the check. Meow. Wow, that was such a great episode. That guest really knew how to tell a story. You like that, Ed Carvin and Ryan? Because I agree. 
You're welcome, Sean. I'm right here. All right. Big shout out to uh, Ed Carpenter for giving us the time with no clue what he was walking into, but certainly a couple stories in there that were pretty amazing. So also special shout out to uh, Bree Rent who helped make all of that happen. Uh, Bree has come through for us on several occasions and also helped me personally with a couple of things and definitely one of the uh, one of the better PR people out there. So, all right, well, that's going to close out uh, this episode and this half of the season if you are listening to everything chronologically and the instant we launch it this will cut off the uh, first wave of season two however uh, the second half of the series will be back in pretty much a week's time so for the majority of you this is probably not the last episode in the series but anyway we still got 14 more and then god only knows how many seasons after that so thanks again to ed carpenter we're going to close this out with uh, another one from the the blue hours this is called this much is true also available on itunes you say your love has gone away, babe You want a different place to stay, babe But you've got a feeling that you just can't shake You know the next will be more the same You say that life's too short to play, babe Better jump ship to be safe, babe But you know it's so smooth and smooth as fast If we try and know that we can make it last Ooh, I know this is hard on you, babe But this game was built for two, babe
Hey guys, thanks for listening to our show. One of the things I'm always trying to do is raise money for the Children's Tumor Foundation. So if you have the time, go to my Twitter page, at Ryan Eversley on Twitter. There should be a link in my bio for my Cupid's Under Your Run page. And no donation is too small. Basically, all the money goes directly towards helping children that have neurofibromatosis, one, two, or schwannomatosis. And all the money goes directly towards research it's not towards marketing or anything like that it's 100 percent directed towards the research so if you want to help me out and help out some very needed families and, and sick children at ryan eversley on twitter bio link you'll see cupid's undie run like i said no donation is too small i'm trying to hit thirty thousand dollars this year after last year i was able to hit i think 25 so that's the goal if you can find it in your time or heart to help if not no big deal i appreciate you listening